Mel um, is a, a special person, not because of, of his DNA, not because of uh, his spirit or his heart or anything else. He's special because uh, 50, over 50 years ago, 52 years ago, he was just a poor kid and on an island, forgotten island in the middle of Indonesia, East Timor, Indonesia. And he was just going about his life and God visited him. And what made him special and made him the man today is he had a yes waiting for God's invitation. And I just want to tell you here today that as you hear him, I want you to hear every invitation that the Lord is giving you and all he's always waiting for is your yes. He said yes to him 52 years ago. And after 52 years, he's traveled to almost every sovereign nation on earth. I don't know where he's at now with United, but I think he was at three or four million miles. He's flown with United and their carriers alone. He has literally, when we say travel the globe, he has crisscrossed his globe uh, enough where if you had a black line every time he went somewhere, you wouldn't see any more land. And that's how many times he's been around the world. His wife has loved him, supported him, stood by him, and encouraged him, empowered him. They're a dynamic duo. And I just want to do, uh, just honor the gift, the sacrifice of the last 52 years of his life. I said this in the first service, and I want to say it here. He is a missionary to missionaries. When missionaries feel like giving up, he goes and speaks life into them. He's an evangelist to evangelist. When evangelists feel like giving up, he comes and ignites a passion in them to keep going. So my friends, will you please stand to your feet and welcome this amazing man who work, walks with a great God, Mel Tari. The general. Thank you so much. Hey, somebody give me a J. J. An E. E. An S. Yes. A U. Yeah. An S. Yes. Who is he? Jesus. Who is he? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm a man with a mission. And I'm excited this morning because Jesus has something planned for each one of you sitting here and for the church here greater than we have ever imagined. That is not to downgrade or not appreciate what he has done before. What he has done before is wonderful. 32 years, 30 plus years ago, Pastor Jim and Miss Peggy came to this place. And look what has happened these last 30 years. Life has been changed. People have been set free. And you are part of a great move of God in this place. And we are grateful for everything that God has done. But listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying. He is saying there's a new day coming. There's a new day coming where the young ones are going to rise. Where they're going to see greater things that they have never seen before. Where the impact that this church has made in this region. Where each one of you have walked with God. You're going to see greater things in days to come. Because my Bible told me a story about a young man who hasn't done much in the kingdom. He was a farmer taking care, plowing in the field one day. And then an old prophet came by. And then he got something. He said, you know what? I've been enjoying being the farm and taking care of the, uh, the animals here and taking care of the farm. But I can sense that I need to pursue something. 
There's something coming up that I need to be a part of it. And I am setting my mind. I'm going to be persistent until I become a part of what God is going to do in the coming days. So he followed this old prophet by by the name Elijah. This young man by the name Elijah. Because the old prophet told him that he's going to go to the desert. Now, usually if somebody invited you and I to go to Paris, which I'll be there next week, or Bora Bora will be there someday, you would like to go with them. You know, but somebody invite you to go to the desert, unless you're born in Arizona, you probably wouldn't want to do it. Well, Elisha was told that Elijah is going to go to the desert somehow. Well, he determined and persistent to follow the old man. Because he have heard about the 16 plus miracles that happened in Elijah's ministry. He heard about uh, the man, uh, the person that has been raised from the dead. He knew about Elijah praying for three and a half years and there's no rain and pray after that and the rain came. He have heard about the great thing that God has done through Elijah's life and ministry. So Elijah is going to take off and Elijah have the sense, I better follow this man here. There is some Something coming here that I want to be a part of. Even though he invite me to go to the desert, I'm going to go there. Because the desert is not the place of uh, where there's nothing there. The desert is a place of destiny. It is not a dry place. It is a place of destiny. The desert is not a place that is lonely. It is a place where the presence of God will be there in such a way that you'll see his glory like you have never seen before. Sometimes we feel like this world around us, like a desert where there's nothing there. But my friend, listen to what Elisha has done. He followed the old prophet because the old prophet has followed God. And because he followed the old prophet, he came to the place in the desert where the desert release him unto his destiny. And his destiny, as we read in the Bible, was far greater than what the old man have seen. Not that what Elijah have seen is not worth anything. No, it was great what Elijah have seen. But Elijah is ready to step up unto the great thing that God is doing. I'm a man with a mission because this morning I came looking for an Elijah. Dr. Billy Graham passed away too, a couple of months back here, and he's sitting in glory. He has accomplished the mission that God has for him. And I came here this morning because I'm looking for the new Billy. The new Billy that will rise up in this generation and bring the gospel to the seven billion people that is alive today. I'm looking for a new Billy here this morning that will reach the neighbors all around here because we are building a new sanctuary coming up here in September, October, somewhere there. It's going to be over in this other side here. We are looking for, I'm looking for a new Billy because there are people coming from all over America because Sarasota with Siesta Beach has the place and the environment that some folks up north like. But they wouldn't know that when they come down here for the sun, they are going to discover the S-O-N. They're going to come for the S-U-N, but they're going to find the S-O-N. They're going to find the son of the living God. They're going to find Jesus. But somebody need to tell them about Jesus, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm glad you're here this morning. Because I came here this morning with a mission, looking for somebody who is ready to persistently follow God to the desert, to the place of destiny. The Bible told us that they got to the desert and then 
the chariot of fire came down. I've never seen a chariot of fire except da 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 da. You probably know that chariot of fire there. Not that one. This is the one that is flaming with fire, and the horses were flame with the fire of God. It came down, separated Elijah and Elisha. And Elijah, he didn't die. Remember, he didn't die. He just, you know, got up to the next stage, so to speak, of glory, and you know, and accomplishing what uh, uh, just really uh, not 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 uh, retired. He's just uh, uh, directing the choir from a different place, so to speak, you know. He's doing good. He's encouraging Elisha and the next generation to move forward. And then Elisha took that rope. And one thing that is so wonderful, he took that rope and he used the rope to strike the river. That river was parted only three times in history. The first time Joshua and the priests walked onto the river and the river parted. Now one might think, you know, with two million people need to cross over. You can't really build a bridge or take a boat. That is just too difficult. So the miracle is needed. For two million people, heaven moved and the river was parted. The second time it was parted, when Elijah and Elisha cross over. Now one would think, you know, if you have, you know, the old prophet that has been serving God for all his life, well, he deserves a miracle, don't you think, you know? It's not, no sense to taking the canoe to go over to the other side. So heaven does something and parted the river for the second time. Well, but the third time, it is just Elisha. He's not have no experience. There's no millions of people to, that need to cross the river. Will God show up for him? Well, ladies and gentlemen, the Bible said he did. And he did because Elisha took the rope and strike the water. And this is what he said. Was he start striking the water to look for the miracle? Not really. Was he striking the water because he's remembering the history about the miracle that happened in the time of Joshua? No. Was he striking the water because he remembered the miracle that just happened a couple hours ago when he and Elijah crossed? No. He said this in verse 14. Where? Is the Lord, the God of Elijah. His focus was on the God of Elijah. Elijah can move over there. Elijah might not be there. But the God of Elijah will always be there. Ladies and gentlemen, God is always here. The God of Billy Graham. The God of Catherine Kuhlman. The God of Oral Roberts. He is still here. And I'm here this morning looking for somebody that will say, where is the God of Elijah? The one that parted the water. Because if you listen to that God, ladies and gentlemen, he will be with you. Whether you have two million people behind you or two of you or just one of you. You are a man of destiny and he is going to use each one of you here to make a difference in these coming days. I'm here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that God has done great things with Pastor Jim here all this time. And he's going to be around for a long time. Pastor Jim, you're going to be around for a long time. So you can count on that. And you can direct the choir, you know. And you can take it a little easy, but you can tell them what to do. But I'm telling you, Pastor Jim, you have laid down the foundation. And now the time has come where the structure is going to be built. You have seen the power of God in your time. And you are going to see even greater things as these young ones and the group in this congregation here rise and bring the gospel. Not only 
in this region here, but from this region to the nations and to the nations of the world. We are living in an exciting time, ladies and gentlemen. You are part of something that God is doing, ever increasing, just like it was in the time of Elisha. God is fixing to do something, ladies and gentlemen. But in order to do that, he's looking for you and I to step up and do our part and take that rope and strike the river, knowing that the God of Elijah, the creator of the universe, Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, is with you and he is going to do his job. Ladies and gentlemen, Elijah show up another time. This Elijah show up a couple of times in the Bible, you know. Not only he was there in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, he show up another time. It was in the top of Mount Transfiguration. Well, Jesus was up there with Peter and the other two boys. And all of a sudden, there was Elijah. And there was Moses. And Jesus was there shining. I mean, he was transfigured. He was transformed. He was glorious. Such uh, situation that uh, they couldn't quite see it. And uh, Peter got a little excited. He said, man, you know, never an experience that we have seen like being up here in the mountain here. So he gave Jesus a little text message and said, you know, can we uh, uh, build uh, a little tent here, you know, so that we can stay around here. Well, I tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, when you have been in Harvest Tabernacle and you sense the presence of God, when Estrella and Dan who are worshiping God and you and I are here together and Heidi is coming over to preach, well, you got a little good feeling about it, you know? You know that God is here. You know, we would just like to stay here and not that we wouldn't. You know, we come here every Sunday. We are refreshed. We are strengthened. We know Jesus and Jesus loves us and that is good. But ladies and gentlemen, we can stay on top of the mountain. We can park our tent on the top of the mountain. We got to go down to the valley. Why? Because it is in the valley where the dry bones can come to life. It is in the valley, ladies and gentlemen, that the millions out there need to know about Jesus. You and I are set. Like it or not, devil, we are on the way to heaven. I'm telling you that. We got our ticket in our pocket. I got mine here. You got there. Yours there. And that ticket is Jesus. We are on our way to heaven. You know, hook or crook, we are getting there, so to speak. No, not the hook and crook. Never mind. What I'm trying to say is that we're going to get there no matter what. Heaven is set for you and I. There's no question about that. We have seen his glory. We have embraced his forgiveness. We have received his salvation. We have received the eternal life. I mean, we receive healing to put on top of it. Like yours truly 52 years ago, after sick with malaria for four years, looking for healing everywhere, but couldn't find it. And then that day, I asked Jesus to come into my life. And to my surprise, when the healer came to my life, the healing come along. And yours truly has been walking free from that malaria for 52 years. Glory to God. Oh. That is something to be grateful for. And everybody of you sitting here have a little story to tell. Have a little testimony to, be, uh, uh, to praise God for. But ladies and gentlemen, Jesus is saying to you and I, he's going to do something more in this generation. For the sake of the seven billion, we got to go down from the mountain. Ezekiel saw three visions. The first vision was the vision of the presence of God with a whirling wind and fire, lightning. You know, wherever God is, there's wind and fire. 
Well, he saw that and he was excited. But then the second vision come along when he saw the desert, the valley of the dry bones. You cannot see the God of glory without seeing the dry bones that need to come alive. And so he prophesied to them. When he encountered God, like Moses in the burning bush, God said to him, don't stay here, Moses, because Moses would like to park there the rest of his life. After all, he has been in the desert for 40 years. He got his tent ready. He can stay there, especially now that you have the burning bush. You, know, you can just stay there for the rest of his life. After all, he's 80 years old. Oh, but God said, Moses, you have another 40 years to go. And this fire that you see in this bush is going to follow you in the pillar of cloud. And in the pillar of fire because this fire is not just for you yes you got excited but it is for the millions that need to be set free so ladies and gentlemen i thank god for what god has done in this place i thank god for the deliverance the healing and the miracles and the impact that this church has had upon this region but i'm telling you ladies and gentlemen i cannot and we cannot be satisfied with what god has done in the past you know why because god is fixing to do something new he's fixing not just to double things. Now, Elisha asked for the double anointing. And we preachers, Pastor and I, we have made, I'm not calling it the mistake, but we have uh, preached about having the double anointing. And I tell you, we all want the double anointing. But ladies and gentlemen, the double anointing is for way over there in Elisha's time when they only have a couple of million people living around there. We have seven billion people. We can afford just having double anointing. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to go for the spirit that is given without measure. We got to go, ladies and gentlemen, for the river, uh, for the water that when we drink it is going to flow out of us rivers of living water. The millions and billions out there, ladies and gentlemen. I'm excited about what God has done in this congregation. But ladies and gentlemen, that is time for us to go out there, get down from the mountain and speak to the dry bones so that they become alive. Ezekiel spoke to the dry bones and the army came up. Then he saw the third vision of the river that flow out from the temple. The further it goes, the wider and the deeper it becomes. And wherever it goes, there is harvest, harvest tabernacle, and there is life. You know what I'm trying to tell you there. Wherever they go, the millions come to the Lord. Oh, we have seen people in Philippines and Dominican Republic and places that this church has gone through with your mission program. Prepare the money. Double it up, please, because this is mission day here. I didn't mean to say it that way, but you know, we, this church has done a lot with mission with your money with your prayers in the nations but ladies and gentlemen let me tell you God is fixing to do something here greater not just the double anointing we are talking about the rivers of living water that will flow where this river is going to get to the nation where our neighbors round about here is going to know about Jesus and if we pursue Jesus and we pursue the loss and the last and the least I'm here to tell you ladies and gentlemen Heaven will pursue us. That's what happened with Elijah. Elijah have 16 miracles according to the uh, smart Bible scholars. You know, Elijah have 32, double that. That is good. But we need more than 32 for the 7 billion in this generation. We need each one of us here to embrace our destiny. We need each one of us here to go to the valley. We need each one of us here to share Jesus so that the billions will come to know Jesus. Am I excited or am I not? You know, ladies and gentlemen, I'm excited because each one of you are here. Each one of you 
can make a difference. Each one of you have a place to play in the kingdom of God. And God is fixing to do something. Well, not only when I was 19 years old, I left the island of Timor and traveled the world and preached the gospel, meet with this beautiful young lady here, Joyce, and we have three boys here. Mike and Josh is here, and David is over there somewhere in Texas. You know, I've seen, blessed with many things that God has given me, but the thing that touched my heart was what God has done. I, we just came back from Portland, Oregon the other day, and the Vietnamese pastor told me this story. He said, Mel, we took your book, and we translated it into Vietnamese. And he said, we spread it all over the, the, the country there. And a million and a half people came to know Jesus. I said, glory. She, just like you're saying. I said, hallelujah. Whoa. I was so shocked as to what happened, you know. Well, I wish, you know, the Lord told me that he's going to do that, you know. He did the whole thing without me. I found about, about 30 plus years later. Oh, that's okay. As long as God wants to do what he did, the little boy from Timor doesn't mind that because I'm just a water carrier for Jesus. Jesus can do anything what he do. And if he did that with this boy from Timor, ladies and gentlemen, I'm excited because everyone sitting here represent what God is going to do in this generation far greater than what he has done with that little boy from Timor. Well, let me tell you about another pastor from Argentina. I was there this last November. His name is Pastor Pedro. Pastor Pedro read like a mighty wind, and he read that after the Holy Ghost came down with fire, like what Ezekiel saw, God sent us down to the valley of the dry bones. He sent us to our neighbors. He wants us to go to our schools. He wants us to go to uh, the beach there and tell somebody about Jesus. He wants us to speak life unto them. And you know what? To be a witness it doesn't take any theological training. It doesn't take, you know, you know, the schooling for, no, I mean, you can do the schooling and all that. But to be a witness simply is telling somebody, this is my experience. I found Jesus. He did this for me. And if you want him, he will do whatever he, need, he can and he wants to do for you. Just a very simple story telling them about what God has done. So Pastor Pedro, when he read in like a mighty wind that God changed water unto wine, miracles happen where people raise from a dead, the blind see and the crippled walk and many come to Jesus, he decided I'm going to go up to central Argentina and tell people about Jesus. So he packed up his car and drive to the middle of Argentina. Couple hours out of Buenos Aires, the car conked out. Well, if there's a gas station nearby, he could just go there and, you know, get the gas and keep on going. Unfortunately, the nearest gas station was hours and miles and miles away. He was stuck. Then he said, what can I do? Oh, luckily he heard the sound of a little stream, a brook flowing over the other side of the street. So he picked up the jerry can that he has, fill up the water from the, the brook, and fill up the gas tank, you know. I, for $100 for mission today, I'll show you his picture. Because I have his picture. Me and Pastor Pedro is here. But, you know, it's only for mission offering tonight. That is, you know, you know, you know what I mean. Dan told me to do that so you can talk with him later. <laughs> so... Pastor Pedro was getting a little nervous what to do. Oh, he filled up the, 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 the tank with water. Another jerry can fill it up, close the, uh, what you call that? 
the gas tank went behind the steering wheel and said, Jesus, let's have a talk. You change water into wine for Mel and his friends over in that little island over there in the middle of nowhere. But I don't need no wine. All I need is gas to go preach the gospel a couple hours from here. So he said, Jesus, let us get going. He turned the uh, transmit. I mean the 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 ignition, and the car kick on to life. Do 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 do. Down the road he went a couple hours later, five, six hours, he got to the next town, preached the gospel. And Pastor Pedro realized, boy, if you pursue Jesus and you pursue the loss, you never know what he can do. You might not have all the gas to go, but Jesus will change water into gas so that you can go and preach the gospel. After he told me the story when I was down in Argentina, I said, hey, Pastor Pedro, you and I need to take a selfie here, you know? So we did. Like I said, for $100, it can be yours, the copy of it. Okay? For mission, for mission. Not for me. It's for mission, for Dan here. All right. So Pastor Pedro, he went to the nations. He went to the lost and the last and the least. He pursued Jesus and pursued the lost. Heaven pursued him big time. Now, of course, I asked Pastor Pedro, have you ever run out of gas ever like Dan last week? He said, no, never again. When you run out of gas one time, you make sure you will never run out of gas again. So he never, but you know, he knew that God will bail him out if, you know, anytime heaven will, uh, will pursue him if uh, he needs whatever. Because if he pursue Jesus and pursue the laws, heaven knows what to do. Well, uh, last, uh, four years ago, three years ago, friend of, missionary friend of ours, he and I went to Madagascar in Antanarivo. Well, the Madagascar like me because uh, supposedly we are long lost cousins. The Indonesians came to the islands long time ago. So I took advantage of that relationship, you know. So I said to them, I'm your long lost cousin coming here to tell you what you need to know about Jesus. Well, so they listen, you know. And so I, I told them about what God has done, how we went from village to village to preach the gospel, the miracles that God has performed, and they all like it. In the end of the meeting, Pastor Rodolfo came to me. He said, Pastor Mel, he said, um, I like to see people raised from the dead. I said, Rodolfo, I don't know how to help you with that because I have seen people raised from the dead, but to tell you the truth, I have never raised anybody from the dead. I have never healed anybody. I've never performed a miracle. Now, Jesus did it. And I happened to be around and see it. Couldn't quite figure out how he did most of it. But, you know, he did it. And, you know, that I can tell you. But uh, I suggest, instead of trying to look for the miracle, why don't you do what we did? Just go to the loss. Find the loss. The last and the least. Pursue them. And see what heaven will do. He said, hey, that's fine. He said, I want the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. So we prayed for him. And we left him in Madagascar three or four years ago. Well, just a few months ago, this friend of mine that came with me to Madagascar then came back from Antanarivo. He said, Mel, you remember Pastor Rodolfo? I said, yeah. He said, he has a question for you. I said, what question? He said, well, 
to tell you about the question, I have to tell you the story first. Rodolfo went over to the, somewhere in the middle of the island and preached the gospel. People got saved. Well, but a doctor in that particular village, smart but kind of mean, said to Rodolfo, you don't ever come back here to preach the gospel or I'll see to it that you'll go to jail. Well, so Rodolfo said, I'm not looking for any prison ministry, you know, so I'm not coming back to your dinky town. He didn't say that, but, you know, so you can, you know, I'm not coming back. Well, a couple that live in that town that accepted the Lord in Pastor Rodolfo's meetings, the husband fell sick. So they took him to this smart, mean doctor. He did everything that he can, but unfortunately, the man died. So the smart doctor checked him out, knows that he's gone, signed the death certificate, gave it to the wife and said, just go home and bury him. So the wife went back home and then he remembered Rodolfo. He said, you know, probably nice to call Pastor Rodolfo and see, you know, at least ask him to pray anyway. So he said, Rodolfo, tell him the story. He said, can you pray for my husband before we bury him? So the, but Rodolfo said, okay, can you put your phone on his ear? Thanks to Steve Job and Apple. So the phone was in the ear of the dead husband. Rodolfo, from a couple hundred miles away, he wasn't there. He wasn't there. Rodolfo was a couple hundred miles away. So this story is good because it reminds you that you and I don't have to be there. As long as Jesus is there and we do our little part, you know, things can happen. You, you, you know what I'm talking about here? So... Rodolfo was praying from Antana River. And when he finished praying, the man came back to life. The wife was happy. The husband was excited. So she said to the husband, we're going to see the doctor tomorrow. <laughs> the mean, smart doctor. So they went to the doctor's office tomorrow. The wife said, honey, you stay behind. I'll go in first. She went in first, good morning, doctor, and talk a little small talk, good morning and stuff. And then she said, you know, come over, honey. And the doctor said, who is that behind you? Is that John? She said, yeah, that's John. Well, I thought he was dead. But he was. Then what he's doing standing there smiling, you know, from ear to ear? Well, John, tell the doctor the story. So they told the doctor the story, and the doctor said, I tell you what, pick up your phone and call Rodolfo and tell him to come back to this village pronto. I will pay his airfare or whatever he need to get here, but get here, set up the tent, set up the meeting, whatever he need to do. It doesn't matter how much money it's going to cost. I will pay for every last penny of it. Well, Rodolfo was happy. He came back to town, set up the meeting. Guess who came to accept Jesus, the first one, when the meeting started? Oh, the altar call was given. Well, you got it. The smart doctor was the one who came there first. So I tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus is very interested in the laws. And whatever he needs to do to get their attention so that they can come to know him, I'm going to tell you that heaven is willing and more than able to do it. 
He has done great things in Sarasota these last 30 plus years. Harfus Tabernacle is a testimony of the release of the power and the presence of God. But let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, if we get out of this building every Sunday and we begin to go down unto our neighbors and begin to share Jesus with the lost and the last and the least out there, I'm telling you, heaven is fixing to do things that we haven't seen before because not only the double anointing will be given, but it is the immeasurable power of the Holy Ghost will be released in this generation. That's why I'm looking for a man. I'm looking for a woman that is ready for that anointing. That is ready to be used by God. It doesn't matter how long you have been in the desert, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, the God that show up with Elijah. The God of Elijah will show up and he will part that river again. He will do that miracle again because it's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Ladies and gentlemen, so I said to my friend, what is the question that Rodolfo has? He said, well, somebody in, the, in town that heard about the man came back to life when you know, the phone was you know, put in his ear, went over to the mortuary, stupid guy. And he found 15 people in line in the mortuary. So he dialed his Samsung or i7, Pastor Rodolfo's number. He said, Rodolfo, you pray for you know, Johnny the other day. He has 15 of them. Can you do it? <laughs> and Rodolfo, like a fool, said, okay, put the phone on the ears. Number one, number two, number three, four, five, six, seven, number 15. Guess what? Two of them came back to life. And 13 didn't. So that is why my friend said, this is the question from Rodolfo. Pastor Rodolfo said, how come only two come back and 13 didn't come back? He wants you, Mel, to call him up and give him the answer. I said, okay. So I call up Rodolfo and I said, Rodolfo, you know what? Two of them come, to li- come back to life, and you are moaning. You are, are a little upset. Why not all of them come back? That's what Rodolfo's attitude. He wasn't too happy that not everybody come back, you know. So I said, Rodolfo, why are you upset that only two come back? Let me tell you something, buddy. I have traveled all over the world for 52 years. I have known the best of the best of the evangelists and the missionaries and the pastors. And most of them haven't seen one come back to life. I said, you got two come back to life and you're moaning, brother? I said, you better quit that kind of thing, you know? And I said to him, I said, Rodolfo, let me tell you something. You got two coming back, is it right? He said, yeah, I said, be happy for that. But let me tell you about the 13 that didn't come back. The reason they didn't come back is not because Jesus couldn't raise them from the dead, Rodolfo. The 13 were so happy dancing with Jesus in the golden uh, street. They don't feel like coming back to that dinky island of yours. You know? So I said, uh, just that's the explanation for it. So don't worry about it. So Rodolfo said, oh, okay. So he was his happy camper now. And then he sent me the text about a month or two back. And he said, Mel... You need to answer this question for me. I was preaching in front of the people, and they look at me, and all of a sudden they didn't see my face, but they see the fire burning. And then the fire moved from my face, meaning they see my face again, and this fire moved from people to people. 
And wherever the fire reached the people, they got healed or they got a miracle. So Rodolfo said, is that the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Is that the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire? What is that? I said, Rodolfo, it is all that and more. So stop asking any question. Just go with God. Pursue the laws. Do what you're doing. And let the Holy Ghost does it, uh, do his part. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I only have three minutes. But that's okay. Because I'm here this morning looking for one Elisha. He hasn't gone to the school of prophets yet. Or maybe he just visited the one in Bethel and the one in Jericho. Well, they said to him, Elisha, what are you doing following the old man going to the desert? Don't you know that God is going to take him up to heaven today? Elisha said, I know that. But you guys, I'm going to persist. I'm going to pursue my destiny. Because if this prophet gone on, I think God's going to need somebody to take his place. And I'm not experienced as you guys, but I'm going to do my part. I'm going to take that empty slot, and I'm going to do what I need to do. Elisha persisted to go to the desert, and then he took the rope that was used before to part River Jordan the second time, and said, where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And that river parted the third time. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm looking for somebody, a man, a woman, a Billy, a Heidi. 38 years ago, I was the best man in Heidi and Roland's wedding. They came back from the honeymoon, put them in the airplane, and shipped them to Indonesia as a missionary for one year. And they haven't stopped going to the nations yet. And you know what God has done all these years. Appreciate what God has done to Roland and Heidi, to Dr. Billy Graham. Oh, to many, many who is, has gone before us. But we are in the sight of the fire. When the golden chariot and the fire, uh, the, the, the flaming horses pass by, separate those who has gone before us with those of us who are still in this other side. We are all here this morning. We are still in this other side. And the reason we are in this other side, ladies and gentlemen, because God is going to do something greater than the generation before us have ever seen. Great thing has been done in the past, no question about it. But ladies and gentlemen, greater things are going to transform the life of millions in our generation. And Pastor Jim and I are happy to announce to you that we're going to be around rooting for every one of you here. And we're going to walk with you. We're going to encourage you. And we're going to say, don't you ever give up. Because go not only for the double anointing, but for the immeasurable spirit that will be given to you. Go for all that God has for you today. Because ladies and gentlemen, seven billion of them are waiting out there. The best are still yet to come. The church have seen a lot of things, but the things that God has for the tomorrows, we are still yet alive to see it. And God's going to do it. And we are the people that's going to see it happen. So stand up on your feet today right now, ladies and gentlemen. Because I usually like to get people to come up front and really, uh, um, you know, just commit to Jesus. But we're going to do it a little bit differently right now. We're going to take the mission offering. So when that offering basket, either it passed by, how are we going to do it? Pass by. Oh, it's going to be over. Oh, 
good. So the offering basket's gonna come here. We'll trick you on that. So uh, Jonathan, move this thing over, please. Offering basket over here. That is good. That's a big one too, so we can fill that thing up. Fill Let's fill it up, and I'm gonna standing in front of you. So, ladies and gentlemen, then play that song. When you come in and give your mission offering. Now, if you have given last week, just come in with a quarter, okay? Or dollar. Or, you know, it's just something. Just everybody. Because you walking in and put that mission offering. You said, you know what? Elisha went to the desert and pursued his destiny. And he made a difference in this generation. I am going to make a difference in my generation. And when I drop that money there, a quarter or whatever, I'm dropping my heart unto the hand of God. I'm committed that with Harvest Tabernacle, with the church here, I am going to go forward because I've seen His glory. I have seen His blessing. I have seen Jesus on the top of the mountain. We're not going to take a tent up there and enjoy it for ourselves. We're going to go down to the valley where the lost are. We're going to go to the nations and proclaim the gospel. And ladies and gentlemen, I told you about Pedro. I told you about Rodolfo. I can't tell about you because death is still need to take place in the future. But I'm telling you there's a lot of stories here in this congregation today. There's a lot of Rodolfos and there's a lot of Pedros that are sitting here. Who knows what God is going to do so that you can make a difference from your neighbors to the nations. But making a difference you will be. But you can start today by bringing your mission offering. You said, Jesus, you can count on me. The little I can do or whatever it is you told me to do, I will do it because I'm going to be a part of the flowing river that is flowing from Harvest Tabernacle to Florida and to the nations. And we are going to release your glory to many. And this gospel is going to reach the billions in our generation. So let's go for it, ladies and gentlemen, from the front row, please. Come over. We're waiting. It's not the amount of the money, okay? Just a quarter will do. It's your heart. Okay, next, 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 please. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Lord, as your people come forward, this is not the offering we are talking about. We are talking about the heart, the commitment, the promise that they are going to pursue you. They're going to follow you. They're going to pursue Jesus. They're going to pursue the lost. They're going to go to the neighbors. They're going to go to the nations if you reach the, uh, you send them that far. But each one of us, here, Lord Jesus, we give you our heart. We give you our heart. Somebody, as they're coming forward, say, Lord Jesus. Somebody said it. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I'm your servant. I'm your servant. The mission field is open. The billions are waiting. And I'm your partner. I'm going to do my part to make a difference in my generation. I give you my heart, my future, my life, and use me, Lord Jesus, to make a difference in my generation. In Jesus' name. All right, there's still more coming. Still more coming. Let's want everybody to get a chance here, please. Oh, thank you, Jesus. 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 Oh, thank you, Jesus. For everyone walking up front here. For every life that you touch. 
for every promise and commitment to you and to mission that is made here today. Let it be. Every young man, young woman, boy, girl, couple that is standing here today, Lord Jesus. This is their day. This is the day that they're going to go forward. And Lord Jesus, like Elisha, they're going to pursue you. And like Elisha, they're going to receive not only the double portion of the Holy Spirit and the fire of God, but the immeasurable, unmeasurable portion of the Spirit of God, like the river of the living water that will flow from them into the neighbors and unto the nations. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we just thank you. Bless your people here, Lord Jesus. And we thank you for what you have done in Harvest Tabernacle so far. Lord Jesus, we are excited about tomorrow. Not only the new building coming, but for all that you are going to do with the new souls and the chains and the difference that you're going to make in the life of many from this day on. Because each one of us here will do our part in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.